Hi, my name is Evan and I use he, him pronouns. And my name is Sasha and I use they, them pronouns. And we are the The Baker Street Street Regulars, Regulars, a podcast where we are taking a queer magnifying glass to the Sherlock Holmes canon and its many adaptations. Hi, Sasha. Hi. How's it going? You know, it's going. Another day. Another day, another Sherlock. Another day. I was going to say Shakespeare. (laughs) I got Shakespeare on the brain. I'm stuck in last season. Oh, I bet Chippendale Rescue Rangers never did an episode about William Shakespeare. You never know. And in a sense, they really didn't do one about Sherlock Holmes either. (laughs) So we got we got a nice two parter case book today. We do. We watched a couple of cartoons. Yeah, we watched an episode of Chippendale as promised. Rescue Rangers. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Say its full government name. (laughs) That episode is called The Pound of the Baskervilles. And we had some time, so we also watched an episode from the new Scooby-Doo Mysteries called Sherlock Do. Yeah. 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 So we'll start with Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Mm Mm-hmm. You grew up with this show? No. Me neither. I'm familiar with it through various online nostalgia-based YouTubers. What do people on YouTube say about this show? They say it's a good show. It's a Disney cartoon that aired during the Disney afternoon, a block of like different IP-based shows in the 90s, like early 90s. So I think for that generation, this show has like a lot of special meaning to them. Well, and Chippendale first appeared in the early days of Disney cartoon animation yeah in the 40s but this is the first time they had their own tv show yeah i mean they had a bunch of shorts usually with donald duck or with pluto Mm -hmm. but yeah this was like their first like solo thing i went into this so blind i'd seen maybe one or two of the animated shorts Mm -hmm. but then during the during the intro song i was like okay i'm picking up clues here of like what the show's about (laughs) great theme song Great theme song. They are detective solvers. There's a gang of five of them, which is one of the reasons that it made sense for us to do this with Scooby-Doo, is that there are four detectives and, like, a smaller creature they travel around with. Yeah. To their skill. So the four detectives, the gang, in this case, is Chip and Dale, of course, Mm -hmm. and their two friends, Gidget Mm -hmm. and Monty, who are mice. Yes. Chip and Dale are, of course, chipmunks. Right. And they travel around with a fly named Zipper, mm-hmm. who can't talk. Yeah. Sort of like Scooby-Doo, kind of can talk. Yeah, kind of can talk, kind of makes noises. Right. So the beginning of this episode is is sort of funny as a follow-up to The Great Mouse Detective, because where that film had this big climactic scene with this, like, faux dirigible, this one begins with a faux dirigible, which they've constructed out of, like, a plastic bottle and a balloon and they're flying through the night sky in a storm and chip is reading aloud from the adventures of sherlock jones yes so s-u-r-e-l-u-c-k jones it's sure luck (laughs) right and they crash through the window of basketball manor yeah which is not it's not it's not really a Baskerville Manor from the book. No, but it's a, a Baskerville Manor. Yeah, and also none of the exact same stories exist. They drop a lot of 
Sherlock Jones story titles and they're just you know they're all different stories right and a lot of them are like plays on words like there's one that's the the conan doily yes that was funny and there was a, a there was a watson one too i forgot what the watson but they, they named off watson in mm. one of them also but they're in a spooky victorian ma- uh, mansion of some kind and we meet in brief succession a dog named Macduff mm-hmm. and an angry man chasing the dog who is a Baskerville of some sort. Who is some sort of Baskerville. Yeah. He's British. He's snooty. He looks just like Captain Hook. He has Captain Hook's like mustache, that pointy like clock hand thing going on. <laughs> and the same temperament. He's allergic to dogs and he doesn't like that Macduff is in the house. And the gang is on his side basically immediately. Yeah. The dog side. On the dog side. And they help him get away. Their dirigibles also crashed in here. That's part of the like catalyst for this is that the dirigible is in pieces but Macduff gives them a ride across the property to like a servant's shack Mm -hmm. where his master what's his name Roger yeah so Roger is the brother of the angry man in the house whose name I forget angry brother yeah (laughs) Captain Hook I don't even do we get his name we must I don't remember it and he introduces the plot of the episode which is that he believes he's the rightful heir to baskerville hall Mm -hmm. and the evil brother captain hook is (laughs) keeping the will from him yeah and so they're like we have to get him out of the house immediately the rescue rangers are like invested in the situation they're like well maybe we can get them out of the house this way they just need to find the will they just need to find the will but they need to get him out of the house they can find the will yeah even though it's a mansion and he can't be in all the rooms at the same time. And they don't ever actually get him out of the house. But the plan is to scare him out of the house. Right. So they enact a, a big scheme. They uh, dress Macduff up as a ghost dog, which is a nice... A Would nice... you say the Hound of the Baskerville? Uh, the Hound of the Baskervilles with a nice reference. And they pretty effectively scare Captain Hook. Yeah. Out of his bedroom, but he realizes what's going on and starts, you know, chasing after them. And they find a secret passageway. Chip is like, this is very eerily similar to all the Sherlock Jones stories. So let's use these books to help solve this case. And basically everything that he's read about is true. There's like a point with like, if we pull on this candelabra, there'll be a secret door. But watch out for this trap door. Which triggers right as he's saying it with with perfect comic timing. But the secret door in the secret passageway, the double secret door, I guess, Mm -hmm. leads into a study which has all of these like props and ephemera from the Sherlock Jones novels. Right. And they realize the author of Sherlock Jones was using a pseudonym and that is really he's the father of the two brothers. Yeah. Hugo Baskerville. Mm -hmm. And they find the will. That was a really funny moment. Oh, yeah. Where Chip is like, if my calculations are correct, and if I read enough of the stories, the will should be right behind this portrait. And he's standing on the will. Yeah, it's on the desk. <laughs> and you pointed that out immediately. He was like, well, the will's right there. Yeah, they show it in a wide shot, but it's not like, they don't like draw attention to it. It's, <laughs> it's cute. It's done well, I think. It's a bit of humor, a bit, bit of, of whimsy. So they're like, well, we just have to sneak the will out of the mansion then. Mm-hmm. They get out of the secret passage, they're around the corner, 
And Captain Hook is waiting for them. <laughs> I like that you call him Captain I Hook. I don't know his name. <laughs> and he's like, just something like, aha, now, I, now I've got the wheel. You led me to it or whatever. And it's like, I, this is the first time, as far as I can tell, that he's even seen the chipmunks, the rescue rangers. Yeah. So I don't know who he expected was going to go find the will for him and why, what he was waiting for. But but also, did he not know about the secret passage? It seems like maybe he didn't know about the secret passage because his plan once he has the will is to destroy it. So there's no evidence that his brother is supposed to have the estate. Also, it's never explained why his father would exclude him from the will so significantly. I mean, he's kind of an asshole. He's kind of an asshole. But I guess he so I don't. Was? Yeah, so I guess it, it doesn't surprise me. How did he get the house in the first place? These are my questions. And they're never answered. And they're never answered. And that's okay. Oh, we didn't even talk about, like, the the threat in the plot, which is that the dog will be sent to the pound. Yeah. Hence the name. The Pound of the Baskerville. The Pound of the Baskerville. So there's a sheriff yeah. who is the, I guess, fourth guest star of the episode. <laughs> and there's... Really, the point of Chippendale Rescue Rangers is just a lot of sequences of physical comedy. There's been a couple already that we sort of skimmed over. And Mm -hmm. this is just an extended sequence of physical comedy that involves them running from room to room and hiding in various places and trophy animal heads Mm -hmm. and running around and bumping into each other and a lot of cartoon logic. And eventually... He uh, did the... Captain Hook pulls out a gun at some point. Yeah, off the wall, which is loaded for some reason. (laughs) Macduff goes and gets the brother, but then is captured by the sheriff because it's the next morning now. And long, long sequence. Eventually, everything is set to right. The sheriff has delivered the, you know, the will. Right. The rescue rangers save the day, get the will to the sheriff, and justice is restored. And the episode ends with Chip being given the last ever, like, manuscript of what would have been the last book. Yeah. Since he's one of the biggest fans of... Of Sherlock Jones. Of Sherlock Jones. And that's how the episode ends. That's how the episode ends. It ends on like a big laughter. Didn't get the joke. Yeah, he gets crushed by the papers and they're like, just like Chip, to always be on top. It's like, what are you, what? He's on the bottom. He's on the bottom. He's below the pages. So anyway, I I think this is interesting because uh, this is something we'll see in the next episode too, the episode of Scooby-Doo we watched. But I think in both cases... What they're doing is they're using Sherlock Holmes as a as a as a vibe, as an aesthetic, where it's like, yeah, really, you just want to like have British people in a spooky mansion <laughs> and like general crime solving mystery kind of stuff, but like the kind of you know hidden rooms and stuff. Some of that shows up in the Sherlock Holmes stories we've read, but mm-hmm. it all all feels a little more Hollywood fantastical than a lot of the Sherlock Holmes stories. There's no like deductive reasoning that happens here. Clearly, the writers of the episode have an affinity for Sherlock Holmes because they include a lot of references. That's true in both episodes we watched. That's true, yeah. But it definitely is just like an excuse to do like British mystery, <laughs> you know? They said we can't do Agatha Christie, so the next best right bad is Sherlock Holmes. Right. Who, you know, again, this is the late 80s, early 90s. Late 80s, probably. Yeah. So... Sherlock Holmes was still not in the public domain, which is probably why it's Sherlock Jones. <laughs> but yeah, it's fun to have them do a lot of references. Not in the public domain. And also still pretty like popular. I mean, again, this is around Granada times, you know, it's still yeah. 
very much in the public conscious. Mm-hmm. Other thing that I think is interesting is that like the contributions of Sherlock Jones for the characters is about genre savviness mm. that they're using the like the text of the Sherlock Jones stories to understand how to navigate the worlds they're in. Yeah. Like they're like, well, we are kind of in like a action mystery novel. So what is this book that is an action mystery novel? The OG action mystery novel have to say about how we get around and solve these things, right? Like the only way they find the secret passage is because Chip goes, well, in the adventures of Sherlock Jones, mm-hmm. there was a secret passage behind a mirror and you had to lift up the bottom and they try it and that's what works. Right. And later it turns out that they just got lucky to be in the house where those stories were written, <laughs> which is why all of the secret passages thing. Because at first I was like, this doesn't make sense. Why would there be the secret passage? But it totally makes sense once they explain oh, yeah. that it's the house. But but even then, like, I, I also enjoyed all that where they like use the story. But in the end, the ultimate resolution, Dale kind of goes, fuck it. <laughs> Oh, right. Well, yeah, at the end, his thing is like, I think someone says, like, what would Sherlock Jones do? And he's like, I don't know, but I know what the rescue rangers would do. <laughs> and then it's... Roll credits. And then it's big, you know, big action comedy capers. Right. Yeah. Slingshot. Slingshot. When in doubt, slingshot. What, what they would do is a slingshot, a human slingshot. Well, a chipmunk slingshot. A chipmunk slingshot. Yeah. Chipmunk slingshot would be a bad name for a band. I'd see it. <laughs> You'd listen to chipmunk slingshot? Yeah. I bet they'd be funny. <laughs> I really like that they use the book. It's almost very similar. Do you do you remember the Doctor Who episode where they meet Agatha Christie? Yeah, of course. It's very similar to that, where it's like the alien is kind of using some Agatha Christieisms mm-hmm. in the in the mystery. Yeah, yeah, and that also has a, like a in text justification, which is that she was inspired by her real life. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the opposite that the author of Sherlock Jones made some of the things he wrote about real i think mm. presumably that's how i read that maybe i uh, mean we, we don't know if the, who came first the stories or the house yeah we don't know we don't know and we never will yeah this the episode's not really interested in answering that question I think <laughs> the episode was interested in having a, a secret passageway and and puzzles to solve <laughs> that are kind of goofy and having the sherlock outfit Oh, yeah. Point. Yeah. They they find it on a perfect mannequin size for Chip to <laughs> put it on, which is extraordinarily lucky. <laughs> so the next episode we watched was the, the new Scooby-Doo Mysteries, mm-hmm. the episode Sherlock Do. Yes. The gang is in jolly old England. Well, not all of the gang. Velma is not in this episode. Velma's not in this episode, but don't worry. Don't worry, everybody. Scrappy-Doo is there. Everyone's favorite Scooby-Doo character. Controversial opinion. I love Scrappy-Doo. He's, yeah, he's kind of great in this episode. He's so good in this episode. Yeah. He's good in all episodes. And I fully blame... This is this is a tangent. This is my soapbox. Mm-hmm. The I, live-action Scooby-Doo movie for convincing everybody that he was annoying. Yes. Yeah. 100%. That movie was like... That director or that writer had like something against Scrappy-Doo and was like, I'm going to make Scrappy-Doo a dick and I'm going to make him the villain of this movie. And then everybody was like, oh, yeah, Scrappy-Doo's kind of a dick. And in the background, I'm like, no, he's so good. Yeah, he's very like Scooter from the Muppets where he's just as like so earnest and like believes in his uncle Scooby 110 percent and like also has this insane superhuman strength. (laughs) So, yeah, he's great. He's so good. He's so great. I don't know why they replaced Velma with him. I love Velma. I also love Velma. I miss my lesbian icon. I love her from the Max show Velma. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's a joke. I haven't seen it. Uh, I, I won't. Oh no. <laughs> um, but the, so the premise is that that the gang, Fred, Daphne, Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy, are in jolly old England. And you know they're in England because there's fog. There's foggy streets. Despite the fact that Shaggy has a map of Buffalo in front of him. <laughs> he mentions Buffalo a number of times in this episode. Shout out to Buffalo. He's like, let's just go to Buffalo. And it's like, you're on the wrong continent, <laughs> actually. Which I suppose is the joke. But they're in town to attend the Mystery Solvers Convention, mm-hmm. uh, which is at 221B. Mm-hmm. On the way there, Shaggy and... Scooby mm-hmm. get separated from the group in the fog and run into the ghost of Sherlock Holmes. Ooh. I don't know why he's out on the street at the beginning of the story because Scooby and Shaggy run into him and they're like, we're looking for 221B. And he's like, I, I know the way to 221B. Follow me. It's one of my favorite haunts. And they freak out and run away. Of course. <laughs> I'm not sure why the ghost is here doing this at this point i think to introduce it early introduce the ghost early i mean all scooby do they introduce the ghost pretty early into the episode that's true i think in this case it doesn't make sense once you know what the ghost is up to but yeah so they finally get to the convention mm-hmm. at 221b there's a guy running the event and there's a number of detectives who have gathered to like solve a, an unsolved sherlock holmes case unsolved the mystery is the blue carbuncle, which, yes. if you have listened in the past, this mystery was solved. It's a pretty solved mystery. It's a very solved mystery. And what's also interesting is the other detectives that like are in this competition are named after other characters yes. in the Sherlock Holmes canon. So we have a Mrs. Adler. Mm-hmm. We have Izzy and Ziggy Moriarty, who are these two small bumbling vaudevillian detectives and, and then there's an old man i forget his name mr lestrade mr lestrade yeah i don't know if these are supposed to be their characters because like like iggy and siggy could be descendants of moriarty but lestrade and adler are like older mm-hmm. so maybe i don't know when this is set maybe maybe scooby-doo's a period piece i don't know <laughs> i mean scooby-doo has always kind of taken place whenever the time is yeah it's just they've always kept their um, 60s aesthetics. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, if Irene Adler was in her 20s in the early 1900s, and it's the 60s now, she could be alive still. Although don't the stories take place in the late 1800s? They begin in the late 1800s. They're sort of all over the place. And some, I, some of the later stories are in the 1900s. And Irene's a pretty early story. Early story. That's fair. So she'd be like in her 100s by this point. Good living? Good living. Good genes. Good genes. Good uh, bones. So everybody gets a, a clue off of a stack of clues that is handed out by the, the clue proctor, Mr. Parkland or something. I thought his name was Mr. Smithson or something. It's something like that. Yeah. It it's British and... Right. And forgettable. Yeah. It, it doesn't have anything to do with Sherlock. No. As far as I know. Yeah. So the gang gets their clue and sets out. Once they've they've started to solve the clue already... But they run into the ghost of Sherlock Holmes again. Okay, so here's the interesting thing about this ghost. Mm -hmm. In the first half of the episode, I genuinely thought that this ghost was actually going to be helpful. Yeah, because he's like, I'll help you solve the case of the blue carbuncle. Follow me. And he's like leading them somewhere. Mm -hmm. And like 
Shaggy remarks how weird it is for them to be chasing the ghost instead of vice versa. Yeah. Which I think is a fun inversion. Yeah, and sometimes, like, Scooby-Doo does these, like, inverted episodes where, like, a ghost would help or, like, (laughs) what would seem spooky is actually good and the real bads were the actual people. I thought we were doing one of those, you know? But it did not turn out this way. No, the ghost leads the gang and really everybody else because everybody else is following this the mystery ink gang because mm-hmm. for i guess they're like well they found a clue so we might as well find follow them they're smart they're american it does yeah i don't know why i think it's it's playing unfair iggy and siggy are the first we see following and the vibe is very much like they decided to play this mystery like offensively <laughs> like yeah. offensive crime solving instead of defensive crime solving i guess 100 percent. so that they like show up to the cemetery when the gang's at the cemetery with a mask to frighten them. And, mm-hmm. you know. But eventually the ghost leads everybody to... This detective club. A detective club. Yeah. Where you have to be silent. Right. So this is a reference to the Diogenes Club from the Arthur Conan Doyle canon where Mycroft is a member where hmm. you're not allowed to talk. Which is really funny for... A cartoon. A cartoon because... like Especially a cartoon that is as fast-paced as Scooby-Doo because like... They can't say anything. Right. And and, it, and limited movement, too. Scooby-Doo yeah. is very... I mean, all Hanna-Barbera cartoons are pretty much known for their limited cartoon movement. Mm. The other detectives show up and try to, like, sabotage their ability to pass themselves off as waiters mm-hmm. at the club through various means. Uh, like, somebody pours pepper on scooby-doo's nose so that he has to sneeze it's all things that happen to scooby except for one where it's like shaggy almost drops shaggy gets tripped uh by a banana peel Mm -hmm. classic comedy but my my favorite gag is lestrade tries to blow a trumpet (laughs) and scooby-doo puts a bag on the one end of the trumpet (laughs) which to contain the notes and then brings it outside and shakes out the bag until all the notes come out Uh uh-huh and then runs back inside. <laughs> then Scrappy like stuffs a tomato in it, some sort of red spherical object. <laughs> and but eventually the they f- catch up with the ghost of Sherlock Holmes, and he's like this way, this way. And then he goes. There's like a a display area, and he opens one of the display cases and grabs something. He's like, at last the blueprints are mine, and runs away. And uh, the mystery gang, especially an alarm goes off. An alarm goes off, which you know not silent at all, which causes a chandelier to fall down. And Shaggy and Scooby are arrested for the theft of the blueprints, despite not having the blueprints. The whole gang is arrested, actually. Oh, yeah. The whole gang is arrested. Yeah. Shaggy and Scooby are held for interrogation. Mm-hmm. The rest of the gang is placed in a cell. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Shaggy is like, it was the ghost of Sherlock. And these British cops are like, hoity-doity-doy, of course not. What are you talking about? <laughs> Daphne cleverly gets them out of jail well we get an important piece of information which is that she also gets her jailer talking about how how the blueprints that were stolen are all the work of this one guy who is also an important mystery detective whatever and his name is like elc nubrek or something yeah it's 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 a, i was like that's a really weird name i hope that's a reference to something it's carbuncle, carbuncle backwards, backwards yeah. yeah and his blueprints are the blue carbuncle um so fine stupid stupid but he designed security systems like like up-to-date high-tech computer security systems Mm -hmm. 
They also refer to a computer in the mystery machine at one point in this episode. Right. And it's like the mystery computer. It's like the 70s, you know? It's early 80s. It's the early 80s. Yeah. So, like, the idea of being like, there's this mysterious new thing, computers, and (laughs) people can have these very complex lock systems, which aren't even that complex because the jailer was like, your jail cell's held closed by by one of the ELC Nubrak systems. Right. And Daphne's like, aren't you worried you'll forget the combination he's like no i remember he pushes like two buttons and it opens so i was like how secure is this really <laughs> what if you just break it what if you just break it but uh, but they realize that the other place one of the other places that this system is used is to guard the crown jewels at buckingham palace mm-hmm. but the plans were not in the case at the detective club they right they're at this wax museum of the guy, like the guy, has a wax right, figure. There, there's an ELC Nubrak display at the wax museum right now. The wax museum sequence doesn't really matter. It just adds time, I think. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Nothing really happens. They go to the wax museum. The ghost of Sherlock Holmes beats them there and makes off with the actual blueprints, and they race to Buckingham Palace. Mm-hmm. They break into Buckingham Palace very easily. Very easily. They just fool the one guard standing out front. Right. And then they run around inside Buckingham Palace, opening doors and avoiding guards. We don't see the queen. We don't see the queen, but Scooby-Doo dresses up as the queen. <laughs> and My is, favorite moment. And is consistently mistaken for the queen, which I think is offensive to British people in general. Probably. <laughs> that like a dog, a dog in a robe, people think is the queen. It's comedy. People are like, your majesty. Your majesty. <laughs> And Scooby's like all for it, and he's like doing like a "Ooh, I'm the queen" yeah. voice. It's so good. And bonking beefeaters in the head, right? With the scepter, they get to where the crown jewels are stored at the absolute last minute. The uh, ghost of Sherlock Holmes is stealing them. Stealing them. He flees. He leaves the blueprints behind. The police show up and they're like, ah, we've caught you red-handed with the blueprints, so we're going to arrest you. And they decide to run for it. Shaggy and Scooby do. Shaggy and Scooby run for it. Big chase. Big chase. Chasing the ghost ghost of Sherlock Holmes across the rooftops of London. On the rooftops of London. And they catch him. Everyone catches up with him. Right. They get him. Scotland Yard finally believes that there is a ghost of Sherlock. Right, because they see him on the rooftop. And they're like, bloy me! (laughs) Right. And they he turns out to be Mr. Parkinson or whatever his name was from the thing at the beginning. The whole thing was a wild goose chase to keep all of the detectives busy. Busy. So that he could steal the crown jewels. Exactly. And and then hide them away in 222 Baker Street. And the police award the mystery gang the prize they would have got for solving the blue carbuncle mystery which technically they did because the blueprints were the blue carbuncle mm-hmm. and also like the respect of the nation they won britishness mm-hmm. they won the nation of britain which good for them you know and then the episode ends with scooby dressed as the ghost of sherlock holmes playing a violin yep and Probably goes Ruby, Ruby, Ru, you know. Oh, yeah, the version we were watching cut out. <laughs> yeah. He was, I think he was... He's, he's, he starts saying elementary. And then it cut out. Elementary, Ruby, Ruby, Ru. I mean, that's a very... I think it's a good guess for how the episode ends. Probably. Yeah, I think that's very likely. So uh, kind of the same thing. Like, Sherlock Holmes is is an excuse for a setting in this case. In yeah. this case, they're, like, doing a lot of, like, British stuff that Sherlock Holmes 
doesn't associate with right like they stop at a fish and chip store and obviously the queen and the crown jewels are involved and you know like they're just like, wax museums so yeah it, it just it feels like they're like well sherlock holmes is british so we can just do a lot of british stuff here and also he solved crimes and our people solve crimes but there's not really an attempt to be like here's the sherlock of the group here's the watson of the group here's you know the none of the d- dynamics or the vibes of the crimes are, really appear in either story yeah they're about gangs doing physical comedy surrounded by like the aesthetics and trappings of the sherlock holmes world pastiches yeah of it cute references that show that the writers have done their homework which i don't mind i i I think that's also valid in a sherlock holmes adaptation and or you know if you're gonna if you're gonna use sherlock holmes stories oh i think you should use them though i mean the thing is like i think the stories are good i don't think it's just like that the vibes are good but the vibes man the vibes but the vibes are also good i guess the vibes are so good and i i really enjoyed seeing a sherlock as a villain yeah in the scooby-doo episode i thought that was so much fun yeah just kind of the heel turn that we didn't expect and i liked how like nasty the sherlock and that could be kind of taunting everybody yeah that's interesting i wonder if that's like a projection from the writer's standpoint of like ugh, you had you had cool mysteries and you had solved them all the time and <laughs> are you taunting me sherlock holmes <laughs> i don't know yeah i think neither of these really scratch the sherlock holmes itch for me i think in both cases it's sort of like sherlock holmes huh hmm. it's just kind of like you've heard of sherlock holmes right this is some characters who have also heard of sherlock holmes <laughs> yeah but I, I I don't think I mind mind it as much as you do. I I think sometimes it's just nice to reference the thing and be referential to the thing without having to like fully paradise or copy the plot of a story. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I prefer this to something like Sherlock, where they're trying so hard to like be so faithful to the books. And that they kind of veer so far away from it. I really I really like when they're just like, let's use the aesthetics. Oh, I don't think that BBC Sherlock is trying to be close to the books. Because, they, I mean, they would not be succeeding if that was what they were trying to do. I mean, they're trying to be modern adaptations of the books in some regard. In some regard, yeah. I, but I, th- I think that even BBC Sherlock, for whatever it's attempting to do, especially in the earlier seasons does a better job at capturing the energy of a Sherlock Holmes story. Mm. So they don't always follow through on it. And even though they seem uninterested in, in following through on it, the two episodes we watched, you know, spend some time at least finding clues and following them to a conclusion and having a dynamic between Sherlock and Watson, between our detective and a sidekick. And these episodes, like, I think between the two episodes they watched, there's a grand total of one clue found, <laughs> which is that Daphne, wa- right? Daphne finds soot on the wax figure, which suggests that it was Mr. Parkinson who got soot on him at Baker Street. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I just don't think it scratches the the Sherlock itch of of the detective sidekick dynamic of the like process of detective reasoning of of crime solving it just is you know it, it, i think they're doing an excellent job at being episodes of chip and dale rescue rangers and scooby-doo i think they both get in a lot of fun moments in physical comedy and it's, it's they're both terrific examples of children's animation mm-hmm. but i'm wondering if 
in the Scooby-Doo episode if it would be different if we had, like, Velma in the episode. Because she's definitely the more, like, clue-finding yeah. of the characters. And it's interesting to see certain characters take on very little aspects of Velma. Mm -hmm. You know, Daphne gets a lot more in this one than she ever did in other Scooby-Doo's. And I really liked that. I liked seeing like a more dynamic Daphne, but I did miss Velma. Like, I really wish Velma was in this because I feel like we'd have a lot more clues. Yeah. She's the clue person, isn't she? Yeah. Jinkies. The interesting thing is that there is another Sherlock Scooby-Doo episode, which is very Velma-centric. So maybe we'll find time to go watch that one later. But it's about her wanting to emulate Sherlock Holmes and solve crimes like he did. So mm. maybe that's more faithful. Hmm. Maybe. Although I have a feeling it could also go down the Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's still road. Scooby-Doo, right? Yeah, but I feel like it'll go down that road where Velma is like, in this book, and then in this book, yeah. and then in this. Oh, this is just like, you know. Well, and that episode seemed like it was dealing more with, like, the mythology of Westworld. So I, this one seemed more into the trappings of Sherlock Holmes, but I guess that you get what you pay for. This is It's the trappings of Sherlock Holmes, but not the narrative arcs. Hmm. But overall... I really liked both episodes. Yeah. I had a fun time. Yeah, I had a fun time, too. I had a fun time watching both of them. And, you know, if you if you like Sherlock and your Scooby-Doo's and your Chippendales, watch these episodes. Watch I think they're definitely episodes. worth it. Yeah. So, next week... <laughs> it's time! It's time! <laughs> We're rounding out our uh, Enter Animal Month by watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm so ready for this one. Ironically, there's kind of a Who Framed Roger Rabbit movie of Chippendale Rescue Rangers that came out a couple years back. Right. Which looks terrible. Yeah. But that's the tenuous link between episodes. <laughs> so tune in for that. We've been your Baker Street regulars. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.